at the children. And so, <laughs> except in being new to do, introduce over Facebook. Uh, so, but uh, it's just been a, a privilege. Well, uh, with that said, let's follow a word of prayer. Father God, as we uh, come this morning, it's my desire that we uh, thank you for our time together. And as we go back and look at a passage of scripture in the book of Acts, and sometimes we have a tendency to look at Acts and read Acts from um, sometimes a historical position, the, the growth of the church and, and the Holy Spirit's work and everything else, Lord. And sometimes it's good to go back to see something else that's moving, a little thread that goes through Acts that is very easy to overlook that will probably help us, to help us to understand what it means to walk with you. So help me to um, try to clearly say this, and, um, and I trust you to drive it home to their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. Our uh, message for this morning is living in the moment. Living in the moment. Not tomorrow. Now what happened to you yesterday? Right now. And if you have not prepared yesterday for right now, <laughs> you're going through some things today because of your lack of, lack of preparation yesterday. But if you have properly prepared yesterday like you should be preparing right now, then what's going to happen, and if you follow the storyline, you will see what happens when, when that goes about. So uh, trust me. I really know what I'm, I'm, where I'm going here. It might seem like I'm going all over here, but uh, I'll, I'll drive it home to some personal applications. So stay with me on this. So as we uh, open up, uh, when they had finished a breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything that I love you. You know I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Oh, 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 you, oh you know the, the storyline. But oh, it's more to it. You, you have to see the turning point. That was the turning point in Peter's life. Um. The turning point in, in, in the crushed, defeated, and very embarrassed experience of Peter was when Christ met him on the seashore with question restoring his uh, relationship. Uh, his story uh, is, uh, you know, restoring his restoration here. Define the term. Living in the moment will cause us to draw on whose we are, the character builders of the past, and embrace the challenges of the present. See, when Peter, when things fell apart, 
This will get you. Do you remember when things fell apart and they and Christ was dead and everything else? Peter said to his disciples, I'm going fishing. Jesus appeared to him and he, he told him to wait and everything. He said, I'm going fishing. And he calls all the other disciples, and um, Matthew didn't know how to fish in the first place. I'm like, yeah, I'm going fishing with Peter. Okay. So, so here these guys are going fishing with Peter. And that's when Jesus decided, um, I need to meet with Peter. Because, see, Peter was at his wit's end. It seems Jesus is gone. He never had a chance to tell Jesus he was sorry when he uh, denied him three times. Can you imagine that feeling? He never had a chance to say, Lord, I blew it, and I'm so sorry I blew it. Please forgive me. And finally, on that particular day, the Lord had a fish fry for Peter. Peter got to that shore, and Jesus had it all fixed up. And, then, and it says when they finish eating, he wants to make sure that he won't blame it on the food. I want to make sure that, you, that he finished eating. He says, Peter, I want to ask you a question. And, and notice what the question was. The first one he started off was, do you love me? And, and you need to answer this question. Do you love me more than these do you love me more than the fishing you went back to and couldn't find the fish that you were toiling for all night? Do you love me more than what seemed to be your, 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 your cocoon, but it's not, you still don't feel comfortable with it? It's, do you love me more than that? And, and Peter had to come to the decision, yes, Lord. See, because whatever you declare yes on, the other will be taken away from you. It's something to be, sometimes you're never able to go back to it. I, I can't remember, maybe you can bring to my remember where Peter went back to fishing. I don't think he ever went back to fishing. Because Jesus' call to him was, I, I'm going to call you to be fishers of men. And he told his disciples, I'm going fishing. And the Lord says, do you love me? More than these. Peter had to settle this in his heart. So the cameras now, where we're going now, the, the cameras had to follow Peter through this whole scenario. You got me? Because now, remember, Peter went through the training that we've been going through. Remember? Uh, I, I do, you watch. I do, you help. You do, uh, I help. You do, I watch. Now, he's at the stage of, you do, I watch. I'm going in glory now. You do, I watch. You love me more than these? Yes, Lord. Okay, now, you got all the training. You don't need any more training. You don't need any more revelations. You do, I'm going to watch. That's what they do in all of the, the training, where the walk, whatever the case. You watch them. I do, you watch. Don't even try to, don't even say anything. Just watch what I'm doing. They take you through the training. Jesus Christ had taken the disciples through the training. Peter had gone through the training. Peter all, almost blew it if Jesus didn't come back to restore him. And now Peter is ready to get out there, and he is. So, um, observation. The most dangerous weapon on earth has been ignored, aborted, rejected, hated, and hidden, etc. It's truth. What is it? To know and live it out uh, Live it out without a, um, uh, out, will have a tremendous impact on everyone we encounter. 
Truth is shrouded with error. Error does not want the truth to be seen. But if truth ever comes to the, to the bottom line, you'll always find every time truth will never lie and always have the burden of proof. Here's what the real truth is. In every given situation, and sometimes you have to dig on with folks to get them to tell the truth. They get you in the court and say, you, uh, you whatever you know, the words, swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth. And the person say, I do. And then some of them get up there and lie. Because, you see, the moment you tell the truth, there is a burden of proof behind the truth. And when Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, is a part of your life, and you're living in the moment, you will make a difference wherever you go. Amen. Are you hearing me? If you say you love him more than these, then you're saying, I love you, I love truth, and I embrace the whole thing about you, and this is how I will live, whether people reject me or whether people follow me, it really doesn't matter. Thinking it through. Peter, after facing the truth about himself and the fact that real love must be demonstrated by his total obedience to Christ, which became a powerful impact on the lives of the disciples and the people assigned to his life. And so what happens at this point then, we uh, consider this uh, new Peter under the you do, I watch principle. And so that's where we get into Acts. He, he had the encounter with the Lord. He's now... He's out there, you know, and the Lord says, okay, now I'm putting you out there. No more training, guys. It's time to move out there on your own. Okay? So Peter is out there. The once cursing and swearing Peter saying, I never knew him. <laughs> he's, he's the new Peter now. Now let's look at the new Peter. And as we uh, come to it, we look at the first, the healing of Aeneas. Or some say Enos, I think it is. And it says uh, here, now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived in uh, Lydda. There he found a man named Enos, Enos, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Enos, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise, make up your bed, and immediately he arose. And get this now, and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they all turned what? Did you see what happened? He walks into a situation. Now Peter is beginning to make a difference. He walks into a man who's sick. A man who is paralyzed. And notice, he, he didn't put, the, he didn't have nothing with me and I come in the name of Jesus and all of these other things these folks come up with handles. No, he says, he says, listen, in the name of Jesus Christ, Rise up 
and walk. Now, number one, it takes a lot of confidence, right? <laughs> you see, what happened to the disciples back then, to think back, it, back then, a long time ago, it used to be that those disciples, they, they, they were with Jesus, and remember they tried to cast out demons, and they couldn't, and, when the, and the failure, and then when finally when Jesus uh, came down with uh, Peter, James, and John, then what happened was they said, uh, uh, we came to you and you couldn't deliver him. And afterwards when Jesus uh, threw the demon out, they said, well, how can I do this? Did this come by prayer and fasting? Now, all of this experience is wound up right now in Peter's experience right now. He comes with the power of the Holy Spirit. He comes uh, under the banner of Jesus Christ. He comes sold out to the Lord, willing to die for him. And he comes and he sees a man who's been uh, paralyzed for eight years. It doesn't explain why he was paralyzed. He just came across a sick man for eight years. Um, I wanted to kind of break this down then. The place, the person, the problem, paralyzed for eight years. Bringing that out. The proclamation was threefold. You're healed. Rise. Make up your bed. Peter walks on the scene, in the scene and says, in Jesus Christ's name, you're healed. Now get up and make up your bed. Now either the man believed him or didn't believe him. No, you didn't walk in here with me going through all of this, going to talk about me being healed and then, then get up from here. I've been laying here for eight years. You know? What did he do? He got up. You see, when, when a person is walking with the power of God, you don't have to doubt the things you're saying or doubt the things you're doing. And you're looking at Peter, and Peter walks, Peter walks in, and he gave, and this, get, get this now, he's not going to say it a second time. You don't need to say it a second time when, when the power of God is on you, you know. So he says to him, you're healed. He didn't get this. He didn't use any pet words in the name of Jesus. No, 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 no. no. Like, you healed. Christ healed you. Now get up, rise up, and make up your bed. Wow. The impact was twofold. Here's the first one. And immediately he did what? Here goes. Immediately. And all of Lida and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. The people who watch this man be, see this, a lot of times, many times we are sick for the impact of others for what God's going to do when, it's, when he, he does something later. It's not because you ate the wrong thing or it's hereditary. Sometimes you sick because God is getting ready to do something great. See, but you don't believe that. You say, nah, you don't, you don't know what I'm going through. I, don't, I, I really don't know what you're going through. I don't know what, what it is in your case. All I know is this. I believe, the, number one, I believe these folks knew who this guy was. 
Because the moment that he got saved, it said, get this, now, now get this. It said, all of these little towns here, I would estimate, this is Don Racket now, I would estimate there had to be over 200, 300, even more. I think that's a small number. All of those folks, when they found out that that man got up and made up his bed, who was a, par was, was a paraclesic all this time, they said, there must be something about this Jesus. And they, get this now, they didn't follow Peter. What did the Bible say? They what? That's when you know you have a ministry that's working. Not because they pat you on the back, but that they turn to the Lord. If you have a lot of people praising you, then that's all that, that, that all that's matter. That's it. It's time sensitive. Once you're dead, that's it. Once that bad rascal is buried, buried there, look for somebody else. But if there's something about you, there's something in your life, if you, the power of God is working in and through your life, then guess what? It will begin to affect people, and it will turn people to God. The impact of any ministry, we all agree, is from the Lord, right? But God, many times, he has chosen to have it flow through our lives. But our foxes is not turned on. <laughs> I mean, everything else, I mean, but it's not. That all, that's all you had to do is turn it on. <laughs> The power is there. Whatever is needed is there. And the thing that breaks God hard is two things. People who need it can't get it because the person who's supposed to be giving it is not prepared to give it. And in order for this person to be prepared to give it, let's go back. Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. In the Greek, Peter, agape, thou me. And he said, Lord, I phileo you. I like you like a friend. Greek, Peter, do you agape me? Phileo. Lord, you know I phileo you. Jesus come down to him and said, Peter, do you phileo me then? He said, Lord, you know I phileo you. Then if you fillet, if you love me like a friend, maybe not there yet, but if you love me like a friend, there has to be a change in your life. I'm going to take you somewhere. But you have to make up your mind, do you love, quit singing, oh, how I love Jesus, don't obey me. Why call me Lord and don't do what I say? And so, what happens in Peter's life? What happened to this man's life? No longer. He used to be. His past is, I used to be a, 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 para, a paraclesian. I used to be paralyzed. Used to lay on a bed. Used to be, look like I was in a hopeless situation. Folks waiting on me. 
Look at this. Say, what, what happened? Jesus sent somebody along. His name was Peter, you know. And he, and he mentioned Jesus Christ. And he looked at me, called me by my name, and told me to get up and make up my bed. And I've been, I've been making my bed up ever since. What a testimony it will be that you walk into a person's life and you are the joy of the life because you walked in. Well, are they enamored by your talents and how smart you are and all of these things that will sooner or later pass off the scene? God help us to get us to the point of being a Peter. A Peter who he's going out in the name of Jesus wherever you go. Wherever you go. You don't have to be a nuisance. <laughs> Just be a believer. <laughs> Just walk with the Lord. I, I, I think you are got that. All right, then, then I, I can move along and uh, uh, guess what? We were probably pretty early. That's, that's, that's good. That's no problem. No shocker. Okay. Then we go to the second one. The healing of Dorcas. Another snapshot. You, you, you'll find that as you look at Acts, not only are you here to see the work of the Holy Spirit and, and the growth of the church and all these other things, but you find different individuals. You, you see, the reason I started off uh, at that particular verse was that, um, and not at the beginning of the chapter, because um, it started with, with Paul, and then the next thing, the camera shifted to Peter. And so now the camera is still on Peter. Peter moves on, and the next thing happens is while he's still in the area, then this comes up. Uh, he healed the man. He was sick. But wait a minute now. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tapatha, which, which uh, translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. What a testimony. In those days she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydia was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, please come to us without delay. Peter arose and went with them, and when he uh, arrived, they took him to the upper room. And all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. goes on still in Acts 9 Acts 9 40 but Peter put them all outside can I get this now notice the steps and we'll go over them. he put them all outside knelt down and did what prayed and turned to the body said Tabitha arise she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter she sat up and he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. Now get this. That's why all of us read 942. What does it say? And it became known throughout all the Joppa. Many believed in the Lord. See, see a physical person, there's physical healing. 
Then there's, there's spiritual salvation. One person healed, many people saved. One person delivered physically, and then a whole bunch of them ushered into eternity, ushered in names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, just like that. Oh, I mean, it's like a two-barrel shotgun. Boom! <laughs> I mean, two things happened at the same time. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon a Tanner. Well, breaking it down as we move then. There are several things that were recorded in this passage. The person named Dorcas. Description, full of good works and acts of charity. It wouldn't be nice that what people, when people, when you get sick, that people, they, they think about what you have done for them. Instead of when your name come up, they say, who? <laughs> you haven't done anything, you haven't contributed to their life, haven't done a thing. And they have to say, where do they live? Or what church they go to? Well, I, well and, and then you hear statements like, well, I'll, I'll keep them in prayer. You know what I'm saying? They don't know who you are. Not unless you have been significant in their lives. And the Bible says, and they use a word that's not used many times, full of good works and acts of charity. The problem, she became sick and died. One thing that's clear to me, she didn't die of old age. On an ordinary day, she became sick and died. On an ordinary day, this person is doing such great works and people love them and everything else. On an ordinary day, she became sick and died. No healing, no, just sick and died. It, it seemed like the doors were shut. There was nothing else they could do but to watch her and really prepare her for burial until they heard about Peter. Now, what did they hear about Peter? Poor over here, you know, notice the two other regions talking about what happened. Boy, these folks have gotten saved, heard what Peter did to this guy, Anus, and the whole idea is that he was a paraclete or you know, paralyzed, and he's walking, and boy, there's a big miracle going on over there. Peter's over there. Then let's get Peter over here. Forget about the condition. Get Peter over here. Peter walked with the Lord, and if Peter does what Jesus had been doing, you do. Uh, no, I watch. And if Peter is doing what Jesus was doing, and if Peter was doing, listen, Jesus was healing the sick and raising the dead, then if Peter has anything like Jesus, get this man over here. The desperate, the petition, the plea of the disciples. It didn't say they ask him. They pleaded with him. Please come. No one will plead with you if you're not the answer to their problem. They pleaded with him. And says this, the pressure. He noticed the sincere hearts of the people 
But in the, in the wrong place, what do you do? You see, in verse 39, when he went there, he saw the widows, and they were crying. And they were saying, oh, he said, and she did this for me, and she did all of this. See, when the Lord, and here's a lesson that the Lord teaching us to. Please listen to the lesson. Here you walk into a desperate situation. People are crying. The woman is dead. And these folks have blessed their hearts. The dear widows are saying, and she made this for me, and she made that for me. And so the first thing that Peter did was, Put them out. <laughs> Put them all outside of the room. We said, Donald, that's mighty hard. Listen. Put them. What did I just say? That's what Jesus did. Javaris, when, when he went to, to his daughter, right? And so what happened? What did he do? He put them out. Shut the door. Put all of that stuff outside the door. It's not needed right now. A miracle, not a mess is taking on to get ready to take place now. So let's put the mess outside the door. It was sincere. I'm not putting down the sincerity. But that's not what's needed right now. Whenever you want to bring about healing, whatever you want, the first thing you have to do is stabilize the environment. Because it's, it's charged with emotion. So when you have a room that's charged with emotion, you cannot do anything effective unless you first calm or get control of the situation. You find it in an emergency situation, they'll do that. Family, if a person in the hospital, if the person come in under emergency and they, they're crying at their, their, their loved ones and, and they want to follow them, they say, no, 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 don't come past this door. This I'm sorry, don't come past this door. See that policeman? Don't come past this door. Keep them out. Keep them out. We, it's not that we don't care about what you're going through, but in order for us to do something effective, I need to be in the right situation. So he, first thing he did, control the environment, put them out. The procedure. Here's what said. Peter says, first he cleared the room. What's the next thing he did? Peter said, the first, the next thing you do when you get everybody out of there, Get on your knees and pray. Don't you start getting proud because you had some victories yesterday. Every day has its own battles. Peter said, when I got in there and that woman, Peter was, he says, when that, that woman was laying up there dead and they asked me about this, you know, um, I'm not known for raising the dead and all these other things, but they have me and it's a desperate situation. So the first thing I'm going to do is go along with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your, understand, uh, your own understanding, and all your ways do what? Acknowledge him and he'll do what? Direct your path. Uh, so the first thing I do is stop, drop, and roll it over to the Lord. Get down on my knees and pray about it before I do anything. He confronts the situation concerning death. Now he's ready to face death. Now he's, he's faced with death. Here's the, now here's, here's, here's the moment. All of the things that have happened in the past. Now here's the moment where she, he's representing God. Here's the moment where he's con, uh, facing death. Here's the moment that where, here's where all the power is. And here's where Peter makes, makes the difference. And so what happens is he tells her, Tabitha, or Dorcas, arise. 
And she opened her eyes and uh, she saw Peter. And you know what the, the, Bible, the, Bible, the Bible mentioned that she, and Peter grabbed her by the hand and lifted her up. And, and I, I noticed, I, what I noticed about the verse of 41 is the, the tenderness of Peter when he came out with her and presented her. To, it was no big show. You see, I'm glad you all called me. See what I got here? You know? Look at this. Look what I got. No. Jesus can heal and everything. He didn't pull any attention to himself. He took the low road and he presented her to the people who loved her. She was healed. The powerful impact. Get this now. Here we go. The news spread. And many believed on who? Bottom line. Every time you start doing things that are significant. Every time you make up your mind to do something that is empowering. It's going to start impacting people. I understand, and I'll just take a few minutes on it. I understand all of the projects that, that's been going on and that believers are supposed to do as far as feeding the poor and, and providing. But don't make that your major. Don't ever do all of that and never present Jesus Christ as Savior. If, they, if you do all of that and they don't know Jesus, they are worse off. They're just countable sinners on their way to the lake of fire. That's it. Please don't tell me how successful you are. I want to ask one thing. Did you challenge them with the gospel? Did you share the good news and ask them, did they know Christ is their Savior? No, we've been so busy, we, we, but we're going to get around to it then you have prolonged the judgment that's on their heads. When are you going to speak to the dead so they can arise from the dead of their lives? Peter spoke. She came alive. You don't, you don't hear any follow-up on any of this. You don't hear any follow-up on Anus. You don't hear any follow-up on Tabitha. You don't hear, all you know is that Peter is, is causing a trail because the Lord made an impact on his life and Peter was living in the moment, which means that we come to one last thing. And that one last thing is this. Peter had his moment with, with Christ and never looked back. And I believe that there's a, a point in our life that we should honestly address our status by answering this question. And that's why I had a blank. You put your name in it. Blank. Do you love me more than these? Whatever you're doing, whatever you're involved in, whatever you feel a sense of importance and all these other things, I just, the one question, do you love me more than these. If you can answer that question, 
honestly. If you can answer that question, then it won't bother you if he move, remove the these out of your life. I don't understand. Well, what do you mean by these? Well, is it important for folks to recognize you? Is it important for you to be heard? Is it important for you to be comfortable? Then what about folks who've lost things in the flood and lost things in the fire? Will you still stand and praise the Lord? Do you love me more than these? You mean you love the Lord as long as you're walking in great health and your family is healthy? But when you're going through a storm, now you got an attitude and going to a corner? And that's what you're going to act like? If that's going to shut you down as far as ministry is concerned, please. Living in the moment takes in the reality and when it all clears, you're still standing. And it's, get this, and it's important because each time it closes out the number of people you will impact. Not only physically, but spiritually. At the close this morning, I just want to pray for you and wrap things up. You've been very patient. My prayer is that, remember that little song, it's me, it's me. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in need of prayer. And then not my mother, not my father, but it's what? Me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Let's bow. Lord, I just pray and just uh, thank you for this time to share with the saints and uh, looking at your word and what it has to say to us. As we see Peter. The journey that he had traveled, Lord, and Acts has a lot of, there's so much in Acts, but seeing Peter, this, this is a different Peter than we have seen in, in, the, in the Gospels. And Lord, he's doing great things, and he'll go through great trials and persecution and finally death. But that's not the end of it. It's only the beginning as he walked with you, but you warned him of that. And anyone who will live a righteous life shall suffer persecution. But also, Lord, as we live the life, so many people will benefit from it. Lives that will be touched that we will never meet. Help us always keep the big picture in mind. Thank you for what you're going to do. Great is your faithfulness. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.